Hi, welcome to the Penis Project podcast. This is the place to come to find out everything you've always wanted to know about men's health but were too embarrassed to ask. Join physiotherapist Dr. Joe Milios and sexologist nurse practitioner Melissa Hadley Barrett as they talk to real men and the experts about men's private parts. Have a burning question you really want to know the answer to? Please subscribe to our website at thepenisproject.org and ask us. Well, the greater the strength, the more time I've got for you. There's too much talking, texting, tweeting, posting. Too much noise altogether. In silence is strength and peace and space. Imagine silence forever. Project Podcast is proudly supported and sponsored by PROST, Exercise for Prostate Cancer Incorporated, a not-for-profit charity set up in 2012 by myself, Dr. Joan Williams. If you want to know any more information about PROST, including our online service now available, please just go to prost.com.au. PROST means cheers to your health, so PROST to you. where I want to call my home. For a second and listen. Okay, so hello Jason, thank you for coming to talk to us today. So I want to talk to you today about um, increasing the size of people's penises, which I think you cause, call penis augmentation, is that right? Yes, so uh, hi, nice to meet you. Uh, hello to everybody. Uh, yes, so uh, one part of my practice is penis augmentation and our our sort of trade name for it is the caliber procedure. Mm-hmm. The caliber procedure. Yeah. Okay. And there's a difference, isn't there, between that and a P-shot? Yes. So uh, the, the P-shot is a treatment sort of described by an interesting uh, doctor in the US, Charles Rennell, and um, he took this idea of taking platelets. Platelets are these little particles that are in your blood that clot the blood. So um, so when you're shaving and you get a nick and it stops bleeding, that's platelets that stop it. Mm-hmm. And then the reason it heals up is because those platelets release all of these growth factors and there's skin growth factors and muscle growth factors and nerve growth factors and blood and hundreds of different growth factors. And somebody came up with this idea that taking growth factors and injecting them might be useful. And initially it uh, was used into knees and shoulders and that sort of thing for orthopedic problems. Uh, And there was one initial study sort of describing it. And I think the guy earned so much money out of it that he never bothered um, writing any more papers. He was buying islands and things like that. (laughs) So... Uh, it, it took a long, long time for PRP to start being uh, accepted uh, as, as a medical treatment. Uh, and then my practice here in Perth is, is mostly cosmetic. Uh, and so uh, PRP, platelet-rich plasma being the term that's used, um, has sort of took off as a, as a, a treatment for skin quality or, or when I'm doing surgery like a facelift and we inject PRP underneath the, the flat for, for healing. Uh, and this Dr. Charles Rennells described it as in, injecting it into the penis to improve erectile function. Uh, the first person he tried it on with his, was himself, which I thought was really brave because you're getting the blood, you spin it down, you take out the red and white blood cells and the plasma and you get it down to the platelets inject it into the, uh, the, the blood vessels that are 
engorge for erection. So are you injecting it into <coughs> the corpora cavernosa? Yeah, right, right okay. in, into there. You're injecting it with millions and millions of platelets who are responsible for clotting. Now, mm. I would have been worried that it's going to clot, shrivel yes. up and drop off. Yeah. Um, and fortunately it didn't. Especially for him. Yeah, especially <laughs> for him. Because we might not have heard of about it otherwise. And, um, and then he was claiming to have all these great effects as far as erectile function. Uh, and um, I'm not a huge believer in necessarily everything that he says, but it's PRP. It's something that we're already uh, doing. Uh, we have the facilities to make it. Uh, it's your own platelets. Uh, it doesn't cause it to clot and drop off. Uh and there's lots of these anecdotal reports of people getting benefit for it okay. from it. So we've been doing um, uh, the P shot PRP in, into the penis, and sure, we we have guys come back and say that they think that it's been good for them that uh, that they, they're keen on having another one. But I tell everybody there's there's zero scientific evidence. There's mm. no published papers saying if that this. nothing else, you're going to have a very youthful looking penis, aren't <laughs> yes, you? Like right. your penis shaft. I've got to admit, youthful. I haven't been really looking at them that closely <laughs> to see if they're any better looking. <laughs> Okay. All right. So now we know the difference between penile augmentation or you call it, what did you say? Caliber. Caliber. Yeah. Okay. Well, you don't know what penile augmentation involves yet. Right. Okay. So caliber, is that like in Excalibur, like as mm. in the Knights of the Round Table? Or More something? like caliber in ammunition and oh. bigger caliber is bigger. bigger is but then also like caliber as in the caliber of a person or something that being higher that, that, that's what the marketing guys so it came out. Yeah. We like the name and yeah, the drawing cool. they did for us and that's how we got <laughs> I like the kind of gun analogy. Yeah, <laughs> yes. that's good. So first of all, how on earth did you get into this? I mean, you started off as an ear, nose and throat specialist and I understand how that would naturally progress into um, cosmetics. Mm -hmm. But how did you get into – I mean, this is the most common question I always get asked and I've said it before the answer to this on the podcast, but um, – you know, how on earth did you get into spending all dicks. day with dicks? So yeah. how did you get into dicks? <laughs> I, I, I know. Um, just yesterday, my entire morning was all penises and I never would have thought that my career would have gone like that. And, uh, and when my colleagues uh, hear this, uh, I'll be getting lots of ribbing for it. I, basically, it came about that I eventually just had a male patient sort of say, look, we hear so much about women having all of these um, low invasive sort of treatments and, you know, they can make their lips bigger and plump up their cheeks and got all these treatments for women. But do you have anything for guys? And I was sort of saying, yeah, we've got lots of, what do you mean? And he says, no, I mean, can you make my penis bigger? And I said, well, no, I can't. And what I know about the surgery, like if you knew about the surgery, you probably wouldn't want to have it either. Mm. So I'm not really keen on surgery for making the penis bigger, but I don't know, maybe all of these fillers that we use injecting into lips and cheeks and stuff and that we've been doing for 20 years, maybe they can be. And so with the, the magic of the internet and all the various search engines and the kind of things that you and I probably always are using to research things met in medical terms yeah. and find papers just found that the Koreans, of course, have been doing it for ages mm -hmm. and uh, they have quite a few papers published on it and they were sort of describing it. So and that just, gave sorry, me... Sorry, just to say that they would be motivated because we know that Asian men actually anatomically have smaller shafts than... Mm. 
a lot of other... Now, is that just being racist or this is because it's documented? No, no, it is actually documented. Yeah, I that, thought so. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm definitely not being racist. It is actually documented that yeah. Asian men have a smaller shaft. Yeah. Yeah, so um, that was sort of interesting and they had a number of papers and eventually actually there was a paper by a uh, an Italian urologist and it came with a linked video. So when you read the paper, you could go to the video and watch him doing it. And from that, I could see this is a urological surgeon and not a cosmetic injector because the size of the cannula that he was using, just the, the way it was being done, I was thinking this is being done as a, a more invasive surgical procedure, not as a sort of a walk-in, walk-out type cosmetic procedure. And I thought, well, I could do that uh, a whole lot better than what that's been done. Mm-hmm. And I just had to like find a few guys who were willing to let me practice on them. So you didn't do what the other surgeon did and try it out on yourself first? <laughs> no. <laughs> Actually, I'm not all that good with um with needles and so I don't think I'd be able to uh, stay awake. To do that yourself. No, okay. I, I was going to ask you that question later but we've established that early <laughs> that you haven't practiced on yourself yet. <laughs> no, and I've been on strict instructions that I'm not allowed to have it. <laughs> Okay. And so was it difficult to find a couple of people who wanted to start off with this or Um, not? Amazingly not. Um, I know when you're sort of saying, oh, I just want to approach your penis with this huge looking needle and and stick it in and make it fatter and I've never done it before, you would think that somebody would say, oh, I don't think that's for me. Mm, But I I had lots of guys volunteer for it. And so we did a bunch of, of guys and then just sat and waited to see how it was. How did it go over time? Did it all just shrink away? Because um, the fillers that we were using were the kind that we use in the lips and especially, so this was almost eight years ago now, um, they could disappear in six months. Mm. And so if all the filler just disappeared in six months, I was thinking this just wouldn't be a viable sort of option. Nobody wants to come back that frequently and have it done. No, exactly. And so did it disappear? or like No, so we got to like 12 months and the guy's saying, well, it looks pretty much the same as what it did 12 months ago. And over those sort of eight years, more evidence has sort of come out to sort of say that the fillers that we're using and, and they are mostly what we call hyaluronic acid fillers. It's a gel. If anybody's ever cut open like a sheep's eyeball or a fish eyeball, so that clear jelly that's in there, that's, yes, that's yeah. hyaluronic acid. Except this is all obviously made by pharmaceutical companies. Um, and to find that they, they don't perhaps disappear quite as quickly as what we uh, expect. And if you've got it in a contained area, then it can actually last for, for years. And that's we would frequently find that they'll last two, three more years uh, okay. before they need anything. So the hydrolonic acid isn't being put into the corpora cavernosum like we were talking about with the P-shot, is it? It's going into no. between two layers of fascia. Yeah. So uh, there's a, a superficial layer, which mm-hmm. is sort of right at the, uh, the skin layer, and then a, a deep layer. <clears throat> and between the two, there's this sliding plane. That's why the skin can slide up and down on the shaft of the penis. So we're placing this filler um, into that, um, that sliding empty plane. Right. Okay. And so does that mean that the 
that the filler is sliding over the tunic. So does that mean that – does it give them like any kind of enhancement with masturbation or um, – Well, it certainly gives them an enhancement in size. Yeah. Um, I mean in sensitivity then. I'm just <coughs> wondering because, you know, if you use like a sheath, that, that sliding over the tunic is what gives you extra stimulation. So do you get extra stimulation from having it? Uh, that hasn't been what guys have been reporting. Um uh, there's not as much sensation for most guys in the, the shaft than compared to, say, the glands. Mm-hmm. And so we tend to put the majority of filler into the shaft itself. And uh, ideally, uh, if guys are, are circumcised and then the skin actually contains it very easily and we know exactly where the, mm. the filler is going to end up. Um, and yeah, it really makes um, very little, if any, difference to sensitivity at all. It is possible to put filler into the glands as well Mm. Uh, and that's been used, one, to increase the size but also to decrease sensitivity. Oh, for guys who are having premature ejaculation. Exactly. So the idea idea there is by placing it superficially that you're pushing down the nerve sensors and they're further away from the stimulation and therefore they respond less to to the the, the physical stimulation. Uh, It's not something that I've done a, a lot of uh, and it, it takes a surprising amount of filler into the glands to make a, a, a big difference both to size and to sensitivity. Right. So back to the the breaking down of the filler, hmm. does it break down evenly or like I've noticed and I'm not and I've seen in you know years photos from a long time ago and I do understand that cosmetics treatments have got a lot better but you know women used to have like their lips would break down unevenly. And I wondered if you ended up with kind of a ribbed condom kind of effect at any stage. Oh, well, that, that is certainly, in fact, one of the things that we have to worry about right at the initial uh, insertion because uh, the penis isn't uh, a fixed length for the vast majority of guys. Guys can be a shower or, or a, a grower. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. And, of course, in fact, the majority of guys who like to seek out our, our service tend to be growers, you know, and of course at the time when you want it to show is when it wants to shrink up. And, um, but when it shrinks, that can actually put a kink and a wave into the filler when we're very first putting it in, in that first week or two. After that first couple of weeks, it's pretty much set in position. So once it's there, it's there. But in fact, just in January of this year, a paper was released that showed that hyaluronic acid fillers migrate over time. And this is something that hasn't been demonstrated before, but it is something that we've seen. So we'll see a guy who might come back after two or three years and the base of the penis is thinner, but um, lower down on the shaft going more towards the head it's still just as thick as it was when we did the, the initial treatment a couple of years ago. And I was thinking, you know, it almost looks as if it's slowly drifting down the penis as some of it is breaking down at a rate that maintains the, the lower half of the penis, but you start thinning out in the base. And so then we commonly find that after a couple of years, a guy comes back and we put a little bit of filler back into the base of the penis, even up that, that size again. And this recent paper sort of has demonstrated why that is and that filler actually does slowly migrate right. in, the, in the tissue. Okay, that's interesting. So brings me to another question I asked, I wanted to ask you, which was I, I realise you put it in when the penis is flaccid. So would it be possible then to actually give like an alprostadol injection, make the penis erect and then put it in? Would you get a more even 
well, coverage? For that exact reason, we do both. And in fact, when I first started doing this eight years ago, I used to do the injection for everybody and get the, the penis erect. It would stretch it out to its full length. And um, you you had something underneath where you knew you were working to. The strength of the erection that we would achieve with the injection would vary between guys. Mm. Uh, and we were, you know, this was their first injection for the most of them. And uh, we didn't know how big a reaction they were going to get. And we didn't want to give too much and have too strong a reaction. <laughs> And a lot of our, our patients are, are young guys, guys who might be in their 20s, 30s. And so you give them a small dose and they get this rock-hard erection. And then when you're trying to spread the, the filler evenly, circumferentially, so all the way around the, the shaft of the penis, getting onto the top side then gets really difficult because it's, it's squished hard up against the abdomen. Mm -hmm. Whereas on the, that same dose or even a bigger dose in a 65-year-old guy might have only... Uh, created a sort of a semi-erection and in fact sometimes that semi-erection is best because it gives you the 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 size and sort of shape uh but it still gives you a bit of movement so you can move it yeah, around it's a stuffy is what my patients call a it stuffy. a stuffy you know it's oh, like when I it's kind of grown in length and you can stuff it in if you want to but it's not uh, really hard I, enough I, to I, poke in it's a stuffy ah, i like that stuffy okay no i haven't come across that um, <laughs> I'll, I'll see whether my patients recognise that um, <laughs> that sort of term. Um, I'll frequently do the the treatment as two sessions. Mm -hmm. So it might be, in fact, ninety five percent of the time I'll do it flaccid, so soft, on the first treatment, and I can grab that, <laughs> that penis and stretch it out and do what I um, need to do to, to to be able to inject the the filler. But if a guy comes back and says, "Look," It looks perfect while flaccid, but when it's erect, I can see on one side there's an area that's just a little bit less full than the other. Mm -hmm. And if it's not obvious when I'm stretching it out, then, yeah, I'll, I'll do an injection, create it, the erection, and then fill that um, slightly hollow area. So we'll do it either way. Right. It's like almost like sculpting a new penis, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it, it's very much that sort of thing. Well, we'll add what it is you want us to add, where you want us to add it, and mm. as much, well, within reason, as you want to add. So it kind of sounds, you know, like it actually in that case, it actually does make sense that someone who's doing cosmetic treatments would do it rather than someone who's dealing with penis functionality because it's a, you know. It's, it's a, very much an, an aesthetic thing. Yeah. yeah. Nobody comes in and says, oh, I don't care what it looks like, just make it sort of bigger. Yeah, yeah you know, no, everyone like knows exactly. So it's like, you know, mm. I want, you know, Cameron Diaz's nose or whatever. <laughs> right. I can't imagine though that you're going, I want X person's penis. Nobody has ever brought in a picture of a porn star <laughs> and said, I want, I want that one. I want that <laughs> one. Okay. Well, that's interesting. So does the procedure hurt? Is it painful for men? That was, so I had this whole list of things when I was very first starting and sort of what was going to stop this from, from mm. going anywhere. And, uh, yeah, the first one was pain. So when we first started, I used to do a local anaesthetic block, penile block at the start. But then sometimes I'd find the only bruise that a person got was from the, the penile block. And, you know, it's certainly possible to get a, a good going bruise from that. And then somebody asked, well, can you just use the numbing cream that we use all over the face? And so we uh, just applied the numbing cream, wrapped it up in Glad Wrap so it sort of really has a chance to absorb in. And it worked fantastically mm. so again 
I would say 99% of the time, that is it. And uh, the most common comment that I get at the end of the procedure was, that was nowhere near as bad as what I expected it to be. I have exactly the same when I teach like um, injections for erections. You know, mm. guys will go, oh God, like they'll look at me looking horrified the first time I suggest it. And then I'll say, I don't have a penis, but I've given hundreds of these and I know it doesn't hurt. And then when you give them the injection, they're like, oh, it actually doesn't hurt. You would expect it mm. to hurt, but it actually doesn't because it's actually, you know, you think your penis is really sensitive, but it's really not as sensitive as you think. It's only the very skin that is yeah. sensitive. Yeah. So once you're through the skin, it's pretty much Yeah, and over. so we can, get, we can get the skin really quite numb with the numbing cream yeah, that we use. Yeah, of course. Okay, that makes sense. And so they're awake while this is happening, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so um, the whole idea of the procedure was to have something that is walk in, walk out, painless, gives you a penis that looks normal, feels normal, works normally, it's just bigger. So what's your downtime? Can you go out that night and go, hey, this is it? (laughs) So um, the instructions for the very first guys that um, we're saying is, okay, no activity tonight Um, because we've created these little poke holes in the skin and that goes through to this filler and what we don't want to do is you getting bacteria in there and getting it infected. So they all had strict instructions not to have sexual activity that night and calling the guys up, like this is like the very first guys that I was doing eight years ago, and uh, one of them telling me, oh, look, the wife really thinks this is <laughs> this is something. She could definitely feel the difference. And Do you remember me telling you don't none of that? He said, oh, yeah, but you know, I just couldn't wait to try it out. So, um, so generally we try and get guys to abstain from sex for a week. We want those little, um, uh, access holes to have healed up mm-hmm. because we don't want to get infection. Infection is not a, a good thing in this yeah. area. And have you ever had an infection from a filler? I have seen two infections, fortunately not ones that I've done myself. And one was a really serious infection. There was pus under the skin. We had mm-hmm. to drain pus mm-hmm. and, um, and that has made me so scared of infections that we are so careful everything is done as a, a sterile surgical procedure mm-hmm. even more so than say what we do with the face and over the 20 years that we've been doing injections in in the face that's gone from well really not the most careful procedure in the world to people have gradually realized that you don't want to get bacteria in when you're putting these uh these injectable implants into the face mm. uh and and yeah we're fastidious on sterility when we're doing it. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's interesting, you know, like when I looked up all the research about um, ICI, so injections for erections, there actually isn't any documented cases of infection, but you would think there would be. Yeah, I guess what you're not doing is injecting a foreign, a, body. A foreign body. Yeah, true. And you've got a, 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 a liquid, a medication, which is then pretty rapidly dispersed within the bloodstream. Mm. So that, I think, is probably the reason. So that brings me, what happens if a guy gets a filler in his 30s and then 50, he turns 50 and it all starts to fail him? Would he be able to still use injectables or have an implant if he needed to? Yeah, that's an interesting question. So... Um, it's not so thick that you couldn't get uh, a needle through uh, right into the body of the of the corpus and be able to get that in- injection to work. Um, the other thing is that the hyaluronic acids will fade away with time. Um, 
last year I saw a guy who'd been four years since we'd done his treatment and it had completely faded back to where he was Mm pre-treatment. And um, when he came in, I thought he was going to be asking to do it again. He he was here for something else. He he was saying, oh, look, no, it was great and um, it was something I was interested in and I've done it. Um, but now I, I don't feel the, the need for that anymore and he wanted to talk about something else. But, yep, everything looked just the same as it did four years ago. Um, uh, as far as the implants, that sort of thing, uh, the way that that technically is done, the, the filler in this outer layer is yeah, not going to make, make any, any, difference. any difference. Yeah, no. okay. If any of Jason's um, patients are listening and they want to try an injection with a filler, I'd be very keen to try <laughs> that out. So we've answered a lot of the questions that I had down here, but um, I wanted to ask, does it affect your fertility? And I think the answer will be no, but not everyone listening is medical, so I'd like to ask Exactly, no, and we've had a number of guys um, asking that. So uh, obviously uh, your fertility is... um, is related to your ability to produce sperm. So we're not doing anything into the testicles and uh, affecting that. We're not um, affecting any of the tubing, the pipe work to get it out. So it doesn't make any difference there. There are some interesting practices around the world in doing things to their scrotum, like sticking in needles and inflating it with like a litre of saline. Like mm. if you think of a, a, a litre milk bottle or something and then blowing that... I'm not exactly sure sort of what the attraction of, of doing that is. And the, the saline just gets absorbed over a few hours. Um, uh, so doing things to the scrotum would certainly make you a bit more concerned. Um, we've had guys who are interested in having uh, scrotal enhancement as well. And it's certainly possible with the, um, the fillers. Um, it's... It's not as great a procedure as um, as injecting and augmenting the shaft. You know that works really well, and you know we routinely get a one inch uh, increase in circumference. So uh, it won't help much on a podcast when I put my my <laughs> finger to my to my thumb and sort of show. Well, that's sort of the average sort of flaccid circumference. My index finger going to the, the knuckle on my thumb, but then when I separate that by an inch. That's the kind of increase in circumference and sort of that cross-sectional I'm area. I'm looking and, it, and it's quite impressive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's impressive. So I can imagine though that does it – so it increases girth, I get that, but it can't possibly increase length, can it? Yes and no, mostly no. So we tell guys this is not a length procedure, it's a, it's a girth procedure. And then we t- explain to them that, you know, if you are interested in um, – pleasing your partner, then maybe girth is more important than, than length, mm. length. And there are studies sort of certainly backing that up. Um, for guys who get moderate shrinkage, so who perhaps are somewhat in that grower sort of area where their flaccid penis is not as long as their erect penis, um, then having this filler, the weight of the filler, and just having that volume to resist the, 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 the shrinkage can be really useful. So we'd have a high percentage of guys say, yeah, oh, it just hangs out so much more. I have had a couple of guys say, you know, they're measuring it and they think the length is longer, but I, I, there's no real good reason to believe that that's going to happen. Then we get some guys who are uh, the ultimate shrinkers. It's like a belly button. It's yeah. an inny, not an outy. Yep. Um, and when it shrinks to that degree, when it really wants to retract 
turtle in as, as the different terms that people use, then it doesn't matter how much, all it does is you end up with this bunch of skin sticking out from the base of the abdomen and the head, everything has just disappeared inside. Mm. So for people who get a little bit of shrinkage, yeah, it's great. So in that case, they're probably better off with like a non-malleable implant or something because they would still be showers all the time instead of growers perhaps. Yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily have any surgery just to imp- increase the size. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly if they needed an implant because they couldn't achieve an erection mm. and none of the other treatments have been able to give them an adequate erection, then implants are great and that's definitely mm-hmm. the way to go. There is an implant available in the United States just for size. So it's a subcutaneous mm-hmm. implant, uh, goes along the length of the shaft and wraps around, mm-hmm. not quite full 360. Um, but there have been a number of issues with it, with it sort of um, eroding through that. You know, the skin yeah, of the penis is very thin, thin. Mm. Um, and, and over time, um, it, yeah, coming out and then causing issues. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not in favour of implants, solid implants for size. Okay. And so I wanted to ask as well about, so we've, you've answered that question, but like what happens if someone comes in and this was a question, I was talking to my daughter and her boyfriend about this last night and I was saying, what questions would you want to know? Because, you know, you're not medical. What, what do you, what do you want to know? And her boyfriend actually said to me, what happens if I want to change the shape a bit? If I want a tapered one, can I put that on order? He's a surfer. So he said, could I have more nose rocker or double stringer Um, and, you know, have it like change the shape a bit. You know, if you want a bit of an upward bend so you hit the G spot, could you do that? Uh, With very limited sort of um, options there. Uh, Yeah, I was always expecting (laughs) um, that guys are going to say, could I have a a, a row of lumps, beads down down the top? In fact, when I was doing some training for the other doctor who uh, does this procedure in in Sydney, um, who I do our penis podcast with. Ah, which we're going, I'm going to be on shortly and we're going yeah. to plug soon. But tell us what it is so that if anyone's listening right now, well, they'll be able to... Um, the, well, the... the What's your now? You got me confused. Ours Which is one's the penis project, and yours well, is the, the penis, penis show. <laughs> Aren't you the penis podcast? Well, penis podcast. <laughs> well, we've also got the YouTube where we video it, and there it's the penis show. Yeah. But the the strangest thing is that there are two podcasts, as far as I can see, that are called the penis something, and they're, and they're both in both WA. In WA. We must how be unusual. Nothing. And they both started in twenty twenty. <laughs> the things that we get up to in lockdown. <laughs> Um, where were we up to? Uh, I was asking uh, you about whether or not oh, the beads under beads. the... Yeah. So, yeah, when I was t- training uh, Dr. Gavin over in, in Sydney, the guy who came in had a series of beads... In, in there the, already. In there yeah. already, right. inserted in Russia, of all places. Um, and I was a little bit uncertain as to whether we should go ahead, um, but eventually we did. They'd been in there for a, a long time. Uh, and he was a very happy young man. Um, but eventually his girlfriend was less happy and just said, this is too much. Can you have the beads taken out? So she didn't want ah. us taken out. She wanted the beads. So I had to take the beads out for him. Um, but no, I've never actually had a guy come in and say, with the injection, can you create a series of bumps along oh, yeah, a lot okay. of ridges? Right. Um, is it possible? 
Yes. In fact, we've got a couple of different fillers. So the most common that we use is the hyaluronic acid filler. Uh, and that's a gel. You inject one mil and you get one mil of filler. Uh, the other is a, uh, a stimulant tree filler. And it, so it's got these microscopic um, beads that stimulate your fibroblasts, those cells that create collagen, to produce collagen. And it thickens up the, the skin and the, the lining there. Um, and that lasts a whole lot longer. Um, you know, we get guys who are four or five. You've only been using it for five years and still seem to have the same response wow. five years ago. So it's really getting to be really long-term results. Now with that, uh, it's a, a little bit more where we could put inject little blobs of it and potentially do that. But in fact, most of the time, the whole aim is to try and get it as smooth as possible and you're trying to avoid lumps and bumps. Obviously, not every penis is just straight. And so some guys have just a gentle bend going off to one side. And mm -hmm. sometimes a guy will say, can you just put a little bit on, on that concave side and straighten it up? Mm -hmm. And so we can. And the first time I tried it, I got quite enthusiastic with it and filled it in completely. And of course, we had to use the injection to get the erection, to see the bend, yes, filled it in. And so while it was... Um, uh, erect, it was looking nice and straight, and we were so impressed by what we'd been able to achieve. And then when it went flaccid, he sort of had a fullness and a bulge over that whole left mm. side of the penis, which was the concave side. And so then it was trying to work out, was it worth having it looking straighter when it was erect or looking more lopsided when it was flaccid? And of course, it's flaccid a hell of a lot more than it's erect. So we're very cautious and subtle with trying to achieve those sorts of things. And we can't sort of put a bend into it. So uh, if someone, like so in that instance, if they weren't happy with it, there's something that you can inject in, isn't there, to dissolve the So filler. that's the great thing about the hyaluronic acid. And when I was very first starting, that's why it was the only substance that I, I wanted to use. So... Same as when we put it into the lip and you get a bump, there's a medication called Hyalase where you can inject it and uh, dissolve the, the filler away. You can either dissolve just a little bump or if you inject more, you can dissolve the whole lot of the product. Um, and so we can do that same in the, in, the, in the penis and we can use it to sort of sculpt or tune the, the shape. Just last week I had a guy and he's had a lot of product um, in and there's just this slight fullness on one side of the foreskin compared and so we we're sort of saying well we could put a little bit more product on the lower side or i could use the highlays and dissolve a little bit on the full side and just whichever way you, you want to go usually guys want to have more, more filler yeah <laughs> i'm imagining i am imagining so what about then you go along and you have this done and you put on 20 kilos like because you know you're when you put on every for every 16 kilos of weight a man gains they lose 2.1 centimeters this is a statistic of the length of their penis because well, that's much more accurate than what i quote but yeah <laughs> uh so yeah i'm you know obviously have some sort of weird obsession with penises even though i don't have one so 2.1 centimeters so what happens if you've you know got this this procedure done and then you put on 20 kilos in lockdown is it going to make a big difference or not really? Basically, it's going to hide uh, the penis. Um, I've certainly had guys who've come in and saying that they, they want to have caliber procedure to augment their penis and said, look, 
really what you need to do is lose 20 kilos. It's just not worth doing this because it's not a cheap procedure Um, because of the large volumes that we use. Large relative to, say, injecting lips, we put in one mil and we routinely put in 15 or 20 mils into a penis. Um, You only want to do it if you're going to be getting a worthwhile benefit out of it. Sometimes I'll do liposuction and that could be for the whole abdomen or it could be for just what we call the, that suprapubic area yeah. between sort of your, your belt line and then down to the, to the uh, base of your penis. So you can take fat out from there and then that uh, – by taking fat from there, you can see more of your natural length. Yeah, okay. And a really interesting question I think is demographic. Like who are the people who are doing this? You know, like it's an expensive procedure – so is it, you know, your tradie who's earning great money at FIFO or is it your professional guy or your footy jock who doesn't want his mates to think he's got a small penis when really he's got a normal one when it grows? Uh, um, in fact, almost all of them have statistically normal penises. Yeah, of course. Uh, and in fact, um, it's, we specifically say it, this is not a treatment for micropenis, which is a medical condition yeah. where the length of the penis is below two standard deviations from from the normal and so at the erect length of being less than seven centimeters so it's not a treatment for a tiny penis uh it's a treatment for guys who have normal penises who just want to have more and so we do measurements in every guy and i tell every guy look your penis is normal uh your penis is like one centimeter more than the average penis girth um so and try and reassure them. Just that, so let, tell tell yeah. everyone what is the average penis girth. Yeah, on, an average isn't necessarily a, a great sort of term, but uh, nine point three centimeters for the girth of the flaccid penis uh, is about the fiftieth percentile from no, no, um, nine point three centimeters. Oh, really? Okay. For the for the sec- circumference going around. There's going to be a whole lot of men listening out to there this. Having a measure. measure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Watch out, women. Hide your tape <laughs> measures. <laughs> yeah, because you don't know where they've been. <laughs> um, yeah, we've got these great disposable paper tape measures. Yes, good idea. Um, it always worries me when I see people with uh, clinics and photographs with a, a reusable tape measure. <laughs> um, so, yeah, everybody. I've had... I've had mothers bring in their teenage boys. I've had a, an 85-year-old guy who I was saying, so you're concerned about erectile function. He was saying there's nothing wrong with how it works. He said, but, you know, there's a lot more ladies than men at my age and, you know, they're still uh, expecting you to perform. Uh, no, no, not just to perform. He, he feels that he's not the same size that he was, you know, 60 years ago. Yes, yep, and he wants to be there. And he wants to be um, I have guys, you know, unzip their pants and lay this thing out and you think, where did you get that? <laughs> you know, that is, that's just ridiculous. Like a horse is like. And they still guy. want more. And they still want more. And they, they say, yeah, I know I'm a big guy, but, um, you know, big has been good, but you know, maybe bigger is better. And do you say no or do you do it? Um, see, this is the difference between me and like doctors, like other doctors, um, and this is something I try and explain and make it clear to patients. Like, this is a service that that we do, and we're not curing cancer. We're not curing medical disease. It's a um, it's for making money. Now, nobody else says that. That's none of those, really honest. Very yeah. honest of so you. So, none of those urologists that I was at dinner with on Saturday night 
uh, do anything for money when they drive their BMWs and um, and Mercedes and those sorts of things. But this is this is a money deal, so um, it's an expensive procedure that you do not need, uh, and in fact, a lot of these guys just don't need it. You've got a plenty big penis, as it, and every medical procedure involves a risk. And so you're putting what you've got that is fine at risk to get something that maybe you don't really need and paying for it. And people will only keep on coming to me and getting it done if we can do a job that makes all these guys happy and give them a penis that that they want. Mm -hmm. And I try and make it really clear that this is sort of what it's it's all all about. Yeah, good. And, um, And that, no, you really don't need... A bigger penis, sure. You know, if if you ask guys like that, being a, <laughs> it reminds me of the um, the uh, Will Smith movie, um, Bright, mm. and they find a magic wand, and the, they're all standing around, and one guy says, "That's a million dollars," and the second guy says, ten million dollars," and the third guy says, "A bigger penis." <laughs> so it's it's the thing that's that's more than ten million dollars. Yeah. So, and that's what we thought as a commercial thing right from the start. If you've got something, walk in, walk out, bigger penis, looks normal, feels normal, works normal. I think people want to do this. It's just that nobody knows that it's available and they don't know that it's a medical procedure done by a doctor. Mm. And we need to treat it still as a medical procedure because if you're coming in and having cancer surgery – you are willing to do whatever it takes mm. to to get your treatment, to get the best outcome you can get. And then when you've got a whole series of problems that come from that surgery, you accept that and then you work really hard to overcome those. And that is just accepted. When it's a cosmetic procedure, it's a whole different thing. You don't have to have this, uh, but if you want to have it, then we need to try and make it as safe as possible and as satisfying as possible to the people that we're doing it for. But I think there is also mental health. You know, if you were a guy who really, and I have seen men like this, that are really hung up on the size of their penis, and it doesn't matter how many times, you know, I say to guys all the time, God, I see 10, 20 penises a day, and yours is perfectly Fine. normal. Mm. But they still, there's, I'm, I'm thinking of one patient in particular that I've got, you know, he is really, like, he is convinced that his first marriage broke down over the size of his penis, and his penis is a very normal penis. And yeah. I think, you know, someone like him, that would really help his self-esteem if he could have it. So this is the, the interesting thing and I've actually published a number of papers uh, in conjunction with a uh, psychologist, uh, Dr. Gemma Sharp, and we're currently working with Curtin University at the moment with the um, Department of Psychology uh, on a number of ongoing studies uh, exactly in this. And the psychologists that I'm working there with say – and they're looking at the, the the numbers and the guys are coming in and saying, these guys have normal penises at the start. Why are they making them abnormally big? And I sort of look at him and say, but it's a, it's a bigger dick. Um, <laughs> how does that need to be explained to another guy? The, so the psychologists say, can't they just like talk about this and, you know, the psychologist and, you know, they'll get to this feeling where they realise they don't need a bigger penis and I said, well, I offer that to everybody and I've never had a single guy say, oh, no, I want to speak to a psychologist. I don't want to have a bigger penis. Mm. Um, 
And then the other side of it is, especially now after COVID, you can't just get in to see a psychologist anywhere no. for love or money. Um, so it's sort of um, that self-defeating argument, whereas they can get a bigger penis, except they just don't know. I don't know if it would have saved his marriage, though. No, I don't think so. I, I think the same about premature ejaculation. Like, you know, I get guys come in about that and I will, they'll say, you know, I'll say, look, I'll refer you off to a psychologist because you need to talk about it and you need to do some CBT on this. But in the short term, I can give you a medication that will stop that. And you give them a medication and quite often by the time they get to the end of the box, the problem is gone because yeah. they've had a couple of times where they've had – more than a couple of times where they've had sex and they haven't had premature ejaculation and they've just got their confidence back. And then suddenly they're not quick draw McGraw anymore and they haven't mm. even thought about the fact they haven't taken their pill. And that's our whole tagline for the calibre business is confidence changes everything. And that's really all it is about. Yeah, you know, and if it means that you're a guy who feels embarrassed to chat to someone when you're at the pub and suddenly you think I've got an extra inch in my pants and that gives you the confidence, well, it's great, isn't it? And that's... Is actually the exact things that guys say. And it's, um, you know, I've, I've been speaking to a lot more guys about these sorts of things because, you know, guys don't speak to guys about uh, much, you know, especially health sort of things. Um, but then you, you, when you start this whole sort of um, pathway, yeah, you get guys opening up to you about all sorts of, um, of, of things. But, yeah, relationships can change, like just confidence, general day-to-day Business confidence. Guys are saying, look, I do better in business now just mm. because of that. Because they feel like back. a rooster. That's right. It's something, so it's, it's something strange but about it, guys. Well, it's not really because it's no different to a woman thinking, you know, if I have Botox and I don't have wrinkles, I feel more attractive and I feel more attractive then I feel more confident and it's why we buy nice shoes and, you know, it's just yeah. a male version really of buying new clothes, isn't it? Yeah, and... Yeah, guys don't get as much sort of opportunity to, you know, express confidence or in mm. a lot of those sorts of things. Um, and something that they they wrap it all up in is either their physique, their height, or how big their penis is. Mm. Well, this has been great. Is there anything else that you think I haven't asked you about that you would like men or their partners to know? Uh I'll think of three things two minutes after we finish, <laughs> uh, but but just for now, I, I think we've covered a whole lot of things. You know, maybe guys will like write in and ask questions, and then we can always yeah, and then answer. I, oh, yeah, that's right. So if anyone wants to send a any questions, they can send it to info at thepenisproject.org. Not .com.org as in organ. So I love <laughs> really? that. Yeah. Um, so you can send me anything and I will forward it on to Jason if it's a question for him to answer. And then I'll just get him to give you a, a bit of a plug of what your website is if anyone's interested in talking to you more about this procedure, how they would book and also your podcast. Okay. So uh, if you want to find us, uh, it's www.caliberclinic.com.au uh, and... And we have clinics in Perth, Melbourne, Sydney, and now uh, coming up Brisbane. Uh, on YouTube, uh, again, if you look up uh, Calibre Clinic or uh, uh, The Penis Show mm -hmm. and on podcasts, uh, go to uh, The Penis Podcast. Great. Well, thank you so much. That's been fantastic. Thank you for having me, Melissa. Oh, yeah, been great speaking to you. Yeah, I've learnt, I've learnt heaps. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks, bye. See ya. I'm going to tell you about a boy 
lives inside me It's been there all of my life Hi, this is Dr Joe. Thank you so much for listening to our program today and we're pleased to let you know that we will be having weekly podcasts, not fortnightly, as originally proposed. And this is because of the popularity of our podcast. We're getting so many emails, so many questions, and so much feedback, and Melissa and I greatly appreciate it. What we'd really love for you to do is share our podcast with anyone you think might benefit, including any man in your life. Simply download off Spotify or subscribe to the Penis Project Org, and then you'll get a weekly email of our newest releases. Also feel free to send us a review and this will greatly help in our ongoing ability to bring you new and fresh information as that's the way we build what comes next. We also have show notes attached and this gives a bit of a background into any additional resources or explanations of what we're talking about. Finally, it's my great pleasure to let you know that PROST, the exercise program which sponsors our podcast, is now available on a USB resource for any man diagnosed with prostate cancer, an exercise program. Clinicians can buy these as well as the everyday bloke. So feel free to check out prost.com.au. Meanwhile, let's keep the conversation going. I learned to value each and every one of those warm afternoons boys on their bikes shooting stones at each other through the trees we tried to deny the going down of the sun we're just having too much fun